0: Welcome to another episode of The Consulting Trap. I'm your host, Brian Maddox. With me today is Christy Nilsson with Stay True Ops Consulting. Welcome, Christy.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Christy, could you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're up to?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm prior service. I spent some time in the Australian Army, and then I left and joined. thought, I'll see what else is out there. Joined the U.S. Navy. I was a CB. I worked at a construction battalion, and then my final few years was really exciting because I got to spend them supporting the SEAL teams in Coronado. Learned a lot, did a lot of really cool stuff, You know, the stuff that they use for TV advertisements. Um, Left service, kind of went through my own transition, sort of figuring out where I fit in next and sort of realized through many circumstances and situations that I had a knack for Looking at things, analyzing them, businesses, cars, whatever, and seeing which component wasn't quite working correctly, and then designing a better system so that things can work. Um, I'm really focused on it's ops design, is operations design, but it's more about getting your business to sort of cut the fat, get things really efficient, very clear on what's going on, and empowering your team. Your employees, your team members, to succeed, so that the business leader can kind of remove themselves a bit from all the complexity and chaos and ego that tends to cause problems. So that's what I've been doing since I left the Navy.
0: Um, how did you get started? I mean, from from that diverse experience that you've had throughout the Navy, what you know, it it, it, it was awesome that you identified like your unique set of skills. How mm-hmm. did you take them into the marketplace for the first time?
1: Um, to be fair, my first sort of like my first jo- I, I had a traditional job post Navy. Like I did what most service members do. You know, you get out and you think, well, this is fine. I can just fit in. It'll be no big deal. And then I realized that the two worlds are very different. Everyone knows that, but the transition can be a little tricky. Um, and for me, it was I couldn't quite fit into the jobs I had, and I ended up working for a defense contractor. Solving problems, but realizing that for one reason or another, my voice wasn't being heard enough. So I thought, okay, well, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go do it on my own. Um, and then, as sort of like the a couple of years went by, the skill set refined, my problem solving refined, what I can bring to the market got refined, and it really was just being patient and seeing the pattern of the problems I was solving, sort of like again and again and again. And those problems were usually things to do with systems and processes and team building. Um, And so when you have enough experiences like that, you can give yourself a little bit of grace and sort of like, okay, you might not have done it right out the gate, but that's okay. Like I got here now and now I'm very confident in what I can do, but it really wasn't, I didn't wake up day one of being post-service and being like, I'm going to go straight to the market with this. It was an evolution. I tried a few different things and refined it to get it to where it is now.
0: You spoke um that there obviously there's two different worlds there, right? There's the mm. military world and the and the post-military world, I guess is probably the easiest way to describe or the civilian world. When um when you decided that the, the civilian world and the way it's structured wasn't for you when you started your own practice. What were the a What are the big differences for the folks that don't have prior military right? What are the huge differences in the in that space? And then uh, the follow on question is, um, how did you design your consulting practice to be more closely aligned to what you're comfortable with?
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, and that's a good question. So I feel like when you're in the military, you know things are decided for you. You're very yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. You know, you've got a time to show up. You've got a uniform to wear. You have a mission that somebody higher than you has come up with and your job is to figure out a way to execute it, right? And everyone stays in their lane. When you leave and you try to reintegrate back into, especially sort of like a consulting firm or, or some sort of like strategic partnership, there's a lot of talk about what people do, but there's a lot of crossover in lane. So people are constantly crashing in and you're trying to do your thing, but then, you know, something else is changing and you're trying to keep up. And then the site, like the target kind of gets fuzzy because things keep changing and communication I find gets a little bit like it's very around beat around the bush. Like I'm used to a more direct kind of conversation. Um, So that, and you know, like there's a lot less cussing in the civilian world. (laughs) (laughs) A <laughs> lot less name calling <laughs> um, so
0: that was interesting. Well, you get to see anyway, right?
1: <laughs> the with all due respect kind of has a bit more of a punch to it. Um, <laughs> but I looked at this and I thought, look, I feel there's a lot of ego. There really is when the civilian world, um, civilian business leaders who have, who are, who are successful, um, are successful for a reason, but it's not like forged under any kind of really stressful experience. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they just got lucky, and then their profit, their individual profit goals guide the entire team. Um, the way I structured mine was it's based on truth and honesty and clarity. Like, what are we doing? What's the simplest way we can get it done, and what's the biggest impact we can have? And our main tool is to get people to say, look, okay, you might be a little rough around the edges, Christy, but you're a straight shooter and you talk, you, you know, you're, you're going to give me the blunt truth, which is how I built the foundation for it. Like I treat people with respect, but I'm also not going to be like, oh no, that's a great idea. Let's give that a go. If I think your idea is complete nonsense and you're going to send your business broke, you know, if you're the problem, sometimes business leaders don't want to feel like they're the ones causing the problems in their teams. And it's about saying, okay, listen, we can either get this team working, or you're going to keep having employees leave. Maybe that problem is the business leader. Maybe it's not. But there have there has to be that straight, honest conversation about, let's, see, let's get to the the real underlying truth behind your problems. And we'll get through it. But you know, it'll be painful. Maybe sometimes it's not. Sometimes people show up and they're like, look, just tell me what to do. I'm fine. Like, and other times they're you know, very like, oh, please don't hurt my feelings, but I've done such a good job. And you're like, no, you have, it's fine.
0: But yeah, this isn't about whether or not you're a good person. It's about whether or not no. your behavior and your intent are aligned. Yeah. Right? You know? and yeah. And that, that behavior and intent alignment is always a tricky thing because people get attached to both sides of that, like, oh, but I'm not that kind of person. Yes, yeah. but you're really screaming at people louder is not a big, mm-hmm. great way to manage, right?
1: Yeah, um, It puts yeah. people on
0: edge. So so with the systems that you're talking about, so, so how did you apply them when you were starting up your own practice? I imagine there's a referential integrity, right? So what do you do for other people? Mm-hmm. You do for yourself? Or is mm-hmm. it like... Like yep. every other consultant who uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, says good.
1: one thing, but does the other <laughs> yeah.
0: good, good for thee, not for me kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. So, so no, tell I me am, about that.
1: <laughs> I am a, like an SOP nerd. Like I geek out on having things framed out and broken down into steps and it almost borders into sort of like a perfectionism disorder. Um, And so for me, it was actually reining myself back and being like, Eighty percent will still accomplish the mission here. So, like maybe that striving for the hundred percent is not going to work. So, just like get it down and then get it out there. But I, I love lists. I love to make sure that I'm keeping things simple and everything, including like even just my website design, simple, straight to the point, no fluff, and all for everything behind the scenes that I do. I have a process for how I do it. I have a process for what I do beforehand and what I do for after, like afterwards. And that's, I mean, that's a little bit of like a consulting strength, but it's also just sort of like maybe a personality thing. Like I make sense of the world by creating my own order. And so, you know, I definitely did it for myself before I thought, okay, this might work somewhere else.
0: Well, yeah, and it it sounds like you picked a lot of that up from just the way the military operates.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you got to make sense of the chaos sometimes.
0: So I'm going to ask pointy questions now. These are, you know, if you don't have a good answer, that's okay. Uh, we'll fi- we'll fix it in post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the pointy question number one is: So what does your daily list look like for lead gen? How do you do it?
1: I'm going to be completely honest. My lead gen sort of like is a bit hit and miss and sort of like, I'm going to burn some sage and send it out to the universe and hope something happens. I have waves of like, I'm really into it and I'll send out contacts on LinkedIn or I'll have conversations and meet, you know, network with people or I'll follow up. But for me, that's sort of always been like my sticking point of like, okay, I really know I need to do this, but there's also something else I need to be doing you know, and it's kind of like just hit or miss whether or not it's working. And look, yeah, not the greatest way to do lead gen, but probably the most honest way of describing what I do.
0: Yeah, right. No, (laughs) and and so that's, it's important because um, solving the, you you can't have it all solved at once because uh, today's solution becomes the cause of tomorrow's problems, right? mm -hmm. It's always the best fit. I tell folks uh, when I'm consulting, I tell them like, look, I have bad news for you. You are running the worst company possible right now because you stop improving when it works. Yeah. Right. Once it works, you yeah. go, okay, onto the next one. And you just kind of, yeah. it, it's uh, when I first bought my house, people were, people told me all the time. They're like, yeah, it, you're redoing your kitchen. Now uh, you'll redo it again in 20 years. I'm like. You're out of your mind. I'm living through this rebuild right now, and this is not going to happen again in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, yeah, in about 20 years, I can see it coming. (laughs) Yeah. You you Mm -hmm. just keep improving. And so continuous improvement is a problem if you're doing it intentionally, but if you're doing it as a constant best fit, it's a nightmare. So, with with what you're Mm -hmm. doing, you know, the, the, the process you're describing. Um, so, so what are your next mm-hmm. steps going to be to try and make it a little bit less uh, esoteric?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and I definitely have a plan. Like, I find I don't want to just sort of like throw everything out there and hope something sticks. You know, I'm definitely going to be getting harder on my reaching out, making those connections on places like LinkedIn, sharing content. Generating conversations around Mm -hmm. content, um, finding people who want to row in the same direction I find is always important because you don't want to be starting conversations with people. You know, it's a shot in the dark. Like you want to do a little bit of research. And so there's going to be more of a structure, um, on making those conversations matter and developing the relationships. Like I don't want to go into it thinking that, okay, if I don't, if this doesn't turn into a potential consulting sale in the next week, I failed. It's okay. Well, maybe in a month or two months, this relationship will be there. And they would have been like, okay, I know I'm still listening to her. I'm still reading her stuff. Maybe now I need to bring her in and see what's going on because I'm in the same place I was when she said hi to me two months ago. Yeah. So that's sort of, where I'm planning on doing it, um, and it's it's. I feel like it's the same for everybody. You know, you've got to create your content, you've got to share your voice, and you have to be willing to like remove yourself from being a wallflower and actually put yourself out on the dance floor. And that, I mean, that's something that I've 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 definitely struggled with. Like, I I don't always come across as like an introvert, but it is that's a, that's a struggle, you know, like, okay, well, here's the spotlight. I'm going to step into the spotlight and put myself out there as opposed to, well, maybe if I just hang back and just write a blog, people will come find me. It's not how it works. And that's like a hard truth that you have to tie into your plan. I feel.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, so, so tell me uh, about that a little bit more, because I think you, you mentioned a couple of things that that I, that are uh, I think critically important first um, relationship selling, right? You're not mm-hmm. selling, you're not selling uh, bubble gum, right? You're selling through a relationship. And so to build that relationship, you have to expend effort. And yeah, maybe that effort's not as structured as it could be right now, but it's still, Um, it's an effort driven sort of, uh, activity, but, but apart from the relationship side of the conversation, um, you're also putting yourself out there and, and, and I want to know a little bit more about what that means. What do you mean when you say that? I I, I know it's a, it's kind of a, maybe an obvious question, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it's not just about how good you are, is it?
1: No. And putting no, yourself no, out I mean, there isn't about
0: like, oh yeah, I'm the best at what I do. What do you mean by putting yourself out there?
1: Well, I feel like maybe for me personally, it's I found a lot of sort of peace post service by keeping my life very private and I don't really I'm not one of these like oversharers on on Instagram. Like you're never going to see a plate of my food. Um, but <laughs> for me it's <laughs> you know, like I and I and yeah, and I found that maybe over the years that sometimes the harshest judgment will be from the people closest to you, you know, like who will be like, oh, maybe you should just get a real job, or maybe you should just join the workforce. Are you sure that's gonna work? Um, and it's it's a fear of 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 stepping out into your personal space away, like where people where all those people will see you and being like, This is what I'm doing now. This is my job, this is my career. This is my life and being completely okay with the fact that someone's going to scroll through it, probably somebody, you know, and be like, who does she think she is saying that she knows how to do this? No, she doesn't. I'm like, no, no. And, you know, then the, are you sure that's what you need to be doing and this, that, and the other. So it's about putting yourself out there and being willing to accept that there's going to be haters, no matter what you do. I could be rescuing bunnies, and someone will tell me I'm doing it wrong. Um, but also then no hoping that you when you jump that eventually something really, really good is going to come up to meet you, and it's not just you know face planning like, okay, well, I've failed completely, and now everyone's been witness to my public demise kind of thing it's it's comfort zone nudging it, and then being like, well, screw it.
0: Yeah, you know, I think uh, that is a that is a huge thing, right? You mentioned a couple things there that um, that I know a lot of consultants struggle with, right? Uh, I struggle with it uh, from time to time as well. You get the whole um, uh, the the fraud. You know, you feel like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, who am I to be doing this work? Mm -hmm. Um, Even though, like, you could have a raft of happy customers. Every now and again, you get that imposter syndrome, and you go, "Eh, "Who am I to be doing this?" And then on the other side of it. Um, the the reality is, yeah, the the folks that lead the uh, uh torches and pitchforks crowd are always the ones who couldn't take this risk.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's You're never, never gonna be criticized are, by yeah. someone who's done it. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Never in your peer group, right? For the folks mm-hmm. that are doing it, the other consultants out there that we know how hard it is. Yeah. Right. We know what mm-hmm. that's like. So you're never going to have that problem with folks that uh, want to prop you up. You're always going to have that problem with folks that wish they were you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're never going to get criticized by someone who's done more than you know more than you. It's yes. usually the people who could not possibly fathom why you would turn down a stable salary for something of your own. Which the last two years, if they've shown anybody anything, it's that there's no such thing as a stable salary in the world anymore. Right. You could be told you could have somebody tell you your job is not considered essential. Boom, you're unemployed.
0: Yeah. So, so if you're gonna get
1: if there's a risk, you may as well just own it, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so another thing that I have found, and, and I don't know if this worked for you, but another thing that I found is when I created my brand, um it was almost serving something bigger than myself. So it was a lot less scary yeah. to put myself out there when I was working for the brand which was bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Right. This yeah. is why, like, you know, when I'm advising folks, I tell them, like, don't name your consulting practice after yourself. Yeah. It's
1: because than you. because
0: mm-hmm. then you have to become bigger than yourself. And then you mm-hmm. up in, end up in like eight different Nicolas Cage films by the end of it. Cause you're like, <laughs> I'm playing Nicolas Cage, playing Nicolas Cage, playing Cage Nicolas playing, Cage. Yep. Right?
1: I'm a dude playing a dude playing another dude. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, so if you don't, uh, if you, if you start your own practice, you definitely want to have a name that's bigger than you. That way you can scale mm-hmm. and outsource as well. So, then everybody exactly. doesn't want to speak to the person who's on the, on the, uh, on the shingle as it were. So how mm-hmm. did you, you know, it, it sounds like stay true was really uh, aligned to your brand, uh, at least in yeah. terms of like what you're doing service delivery wise, how did you come up with that mm-hmm. name?
1: By a complete accident, I was rambling to my loving husband who has to put up with many rants. Um, God bless him. But, uh, and it was one of these things and I had gone on and on about something and the term staying true just kept popping up. And it was about... And then I sort of played with the concept. And it's about business leaders don't have to sacrifice their values and and their employees don't need to sacrifice their values on the altar of profit. So how can you run an effective business where you are being truthful, you're staying true to yourself, you're staying true to the people you want to serve, you're staying true to your mission? How do you do all that and still be successful? And for me, it was, I didn't want to lose myself in a world, in a business world and forget why I started, you know, um, I didn't want to forget what the bigger impact was that I wanted to, to have. So what can I do to serve and continue serving people while staying true to who I am and staying true to the values that I have developed over the years. And so that's really the guiding mission. Like you can be successful and you can help other people be successful and You don't have to abandon your values to do that, despite what a lot of modern culture seems to you know, push, like, oh, you need to do this to do that. Well, you can still be you can be a good person and stick to your values. and there's ways to navigate the business world so you can do that.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, I
0: love it. so um christy, we're we're running out of time, and I want to make sure that the folks that need to meet you, uh, mm-hmm. Have a way to do that. So, can you tell us about who should be reaching out to you and how they might get a hold of you?
1: Business leaders or anybody who is at in a you know in a part of a team who thinks, man, we could really be doing something a little bit better, either with our our team here or how we're getting through work. You can find me on LinkedIn, on Christy Nelson, or Stay True Ops on LinkedIn um, or StayTrueOps.com. Reach out.
0: Thank you so much for being on our show. I really thanks, appreciate brian. it. It's been, it's been awesome. Um, yep, looking thanks, forward thanks. to seeing how your practice moves and evolves.
1: Upwards, hopefully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com that's b-r-i-a-n at p-o-d-c-i-s-t-c-h-e-f.com before we go we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show podcast chef podcast chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue generating lead magnet for your consulting business our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you, yes, you, it's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet, or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com.